welcome to this episode of Mercy Can't Stop Her. I am your host, Judith Cambia Obatusa, J.K.O. Today is the last episode in our four-part series on our role in ending femicide. Just to remind us, femicide is the killing of a woman or a girl by a man, most times by an intimate partner. This episode was started in honor of a very dear member of our Windsor Essex community in Ontario, Canada, whose life was cut short by domestic violence. So we decided to do four episodes to empower those of us who have friends, colleagues, family or community members who are in abusive situations. How can we help them? So the first one, which was on the 15th, was about creating a safe space. And the next one on the 22nd was about providing practical help. Last week, Thursdays, on the 29th, we talked about empowering them financially. This week, we want to talk about how staying in touch with a woman in an abusive relationship empowers her. We will discuss how our individual actions can contribute to creating a world where women feel safe, respected, and empowered. And throughout the episode, we'll be drawing insights from my experiences and those that have been shared with me by those women who have inspired me on Messy Camp's podcast. We'll also be interspersing this with relevant research, data, and all of that. Today's episode has been divided into two segments. Segment one, staying in touch with survivors, and segment two, empowering survivors and creating change. Now, let's get into it. Segment one, staying in touch with survivors. In this segment, we'll explore four different ideas, emotional support, validation and encouragement, safety check-ins, and confidential communication. How do these four things help us stay connected and empower women just by staying connected? Let's find out now. So starting with emotional support, Dr. Lisa Aronson Fontes, a leading expert in the field of domestic violence, talks about the significance of emotional support. And she said, she said this, feeling cared for and supported is vital for survivors of abuse to regain a sense of self and rebuild their lives. So research has shown the crucial role that providing social support plays in reducing the negative psychological effects of domestic violence. As people who know people who could be in these difficult situations, regular communication with them will help them feel valued, cared for, and less isolated. Many times people give them space because every time you invite them to events, they don't show up. They give excuses. They, they're not, and when they come around, either they're talking about the relationship or they're not their bubbly self, some of them, or they are too bubbly. So people don't want to connect with them. And this is so 
This is exactly what the person who is abusing them wants. So it's so crucial that we stay connected because our connections are like giving breath to somebody who is losing breath. Another thing in segment one, where we're talking about staying in touch, you give them validation and encouragement. So staying in touch allows you to validate the survivor's experience and assures them that they are not alone. This validation is essential as it helps the woman in this situation counter the gaslighting and manipulation often experienced by survivors of abuse. Lindy Bancroft, an expert on abusive relationships, emphasizes the importance of validation in her book, Why Does He Do That? I'm going to put a link to this book in the show notes. According to Lundy, validating someone's experiences is a powerful way to counteract the psychological damage caused by an abusive partner. So when somebody is sharing with you, how do you respond? There are so many ways we can respond in a way that validates and encourages. If you go back to the June 15th episode where we're talking about creating a safe space, you will see something about validation and encouragement and even some ways you can respond that will validate and encourage that person when they are telling you what they are going through. Another thing that helps us stay connected is constant safety check-ins. Regular contact provides an opportunity for us to check in on the person's safety and well-being. These check-ins involve asking about any recent incidents or changes in the survivor's situation. Such information helps you assess the level of risk and determine if additional support or intervention is necessary. When a woman is in this situation, she's not really thinking the way she normally would think. Abuse does this to you, does that, does this to you. It, in, it, it can make you lose yourself. I was reading about somebody who had a podcast and it was he, it was, it was a man. And it was like, he's now getting off the podcast because he's having this mental health condition that is like having out of body experiences. And so he needs to go and take care of his uh, mental health. Women in abusive situations don't have a moment to take care of their mental health. They are constantly in that state of fight or flee. And it's it's hard. So regular check-ins will help them. And when they are ready, it will be easier for them to begin to safety plan because you have inspired them by conducting the safety check-ins with them, asking them one or two questions. It helps the woman in this situation and know that she has people that look out for her. There's this, sometimes the men even will tell them that nobody cares about you. If I kill you now, nobody, nothing will happen. Those are very extreme, but there are other ways that this can be said to someone that undermines them, diminishes them. Then confidential communication. When we're maintaining regular contact with someone, we need to ensure ongoing trust and confidentiality. See, people are many times hesitant to share their experiences due to fears of judgment or their story being shared without permission. And if you are able to create a safe space for that woman in this situation, then she can feel safe to tell you what's going on. And this is done 
by keeping her confidences confidential. If you listen to episode uh, one of this series, June 15th, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that episode. You will be able to get ways to do this. Dr. Evan Stark, a renowned researcher and advocate in the field of domestic violence, emphasizes the significance of confidentiality. He states that survivors need to know that their privacy is, is respected and that they can speak freely without fear of repercussions. Remember what I said about keeping their confidences confidential. So it's so important. It's all about that safety, feeling safe for people. These people are constantly scared. They don't know what I will say, walking on, on eggshells. And so they, they need to have come to this place where they know they can be themselves freely and without you taking the matter out to someone else. Now, let's get into segment two, which is talking about how we can help women in abusive situations on their journey to empowerment. So segment two is talking about empowering survivors and creating change. In this segment, we're going to explore five concepts. The first one is to share information and resources. If we want to keep in touch, what are we keeping in touch for? One thing that we're doing to keep in touch is to share information and resources. This is why it's so important. Things are changing every day. There could be something you didn't know yesterday about what could help this person and you now found, find it out. And because you're still in touch with that person, you're able to share this information. By staying in touch with them, you can share important information and resources related to domestic violence. And things that you can share include helpline numbers, local support services, legal resources. Providing people in difficult uh, spousal relationships Access to such information empowers them to seek help when they are ready. You know, it's really, really empowering to know where you can go when you need help. So it's important that we are able to help our friends, family members, work colleagues, church members, uh, community members, give them access to information that will be crucial in their journey towards safety and healing. They say knowledge is power. It empowers you to know what next to do. It's very empowering. Another thing is to help them document, keeping a record of conversations and incidents shared. This can be helpful when they choose or if they choose to seek legal or protective measures in the future. Like I explained earlier on, it's not easy to keep all this, your ducks in a row, to keep your ducks in a row when you are in these situations. It's very, very hard. And then if you have children, oh my Lord, or if you work a job that's, you're stressed out, it's not easy. But this is so important, keeping a record of conversations and incidents. Dr. Jacqueline Campbell, a leading expert on intimate partner violence, advises that if the survivor decides to pursue legal action, documented evidence can be invaluable in supporting their case and increase their chances of obtaining protection. It is, it, is a, it is good to do this. However, it is crucial to prioritize the survivor's consent and privacy when maintaining any records. I just want to uh, tell a story about this kind of thing. I did mention this in an earlier episode in the series, but um, 
I really talked about it. The first time I shared it on Mexican Stopper was in season season one of this uh, podcast, the last episode, which was episode 14. I will link that in this episode as well. In that episode, I told the story of an Oprah Winfrey show that took place in May 20, 2007, where there was a woman called Susan Steele, whose husband was highly, terribly, terrifyingly abusive. And he made their child take videos of the mom while he's abusing her. Her boss in the office, her supervisor noticed things about Susan and built a relationship with her, created a safe space, made her comfortable. And Susan will once in a while share stuff. And even sometimes just noticing a black eye, noticing something, her maybe hugging, favoring a particular part of her body because she's in pain. She documented it every time she saw it. And every time the lady told her, Susan told her supervisor something, supervisor documented it. And when they got to court, there was the last episode of abuse was a 51 minute video, which the woman's son had taken because the father forces them to video their mother while he's abusing her. And the judge said, what swayed the jury was not the 51 minute video of abuse, but the documented evidence of the things the man had been doing over a period, a very long period of time. Sometimes, like I said, many times, people that are really in deep, dark abuse, sometimes not even physical, emotional, broken down, it's difficult for them to do these things for themselves. If you're their friend, if you want to support someone in this situation, you can do this for them. When a person knows that there is enough information to help them take the next step forward, it is easier for them to be courageous to take that step. But when they don't know what next to do, they don't know what's out there, they don't know how they can fortify themselves, then it's hard for them to move forward. This documentation is a way to fortify your friend, your sister, your colleague who is in this situation. And if you're documenting it, when she's able to accept it, you can let her know. And please do not share it without her consent to anybody. Just keep it for that day for it to come in handy. Another thing that regular contact helps us do is that it, it helps us to have opportunities to discuss safety planning and explore available options. I know when you hear safety planning, most times we're thinking about the man that's going to shoot the person dead when they leave. Sometimes safety planning is about getting your own bank account that you didn't have before because you have no access to money or the man controlled everything. Being able to have a place to keep your documents because J.K. Rowling, so when she was writing the Harry Potter series, the first one, she was hijacked to hide it from her husband because he held, he even seized it and she started stealing her own writing to photocopy it then until she had her own copies because he was willing to destroy her work because he knew how much it meant to her. So these are important things. When you stay in contact with that woman, you are, she's able to lean on you for one or two things, like 
on keeping her valuables in a safe space by strategizing and creating plans for the survivor's well-being, including identifying safe places, resources, emergency contacts, keeping their safe, uh, valuable safe, you help them regain control over their lives. It's very empowering. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence emphasizes the importance of safety planning as a tr- critical component of survivor empowerment. Like I said, safety planning isn't just about physical safety in a situation where somebody is being physically abused. It's it's about even keeping what is valuable to the person safe. People get hurt when a man, some people are crazy. And when they see something valuable to the woman, they want to destroy it. Family heirlooms that she inherited from her grandparents, she wants to destroy or sell. This is so important. If we can do this for those that we support, we can. it will be very helpful to them. And how we can do that is by staying in contact. When you leave the person to the, to the situation, you can do the stuff. So the, the fourth um, concept under segment two about empowering and creating change. Those things uh, about how empowering and creating change helps is useful and how staying in contact helps you empower and create change in the life of the woman is building trust and empowerment. So consistent and supportive communication helps build trust over time. So if you keep in contact and you get to talk to her, check on her, you begin to build trust over time. It's very hard for people to share when you're in this situations because they are ashamed of themselves. How did I get myself in here? Nobody's going to believe me. Everybody has a good marriage. Why do I have to be the one talking about my own? But if you are staying in contact, you help to build, that helps build trust over time. The person begins to trust you. So it it reinforces their belief that they are deserving of respect, care, and support because they are not abandoned. You are there for them. Dr. Sarah Ball, a clinical professor at the Arizona State University School of Law, emphasizes the significance of building trust, stating that trust is a cornerstone in the survivor's journey towards healing and independence. I, I'm talking about this and I'm trying to refer to research because I really wanted to know these things, these ideas, are they just things I'm thinking about or are they things that are real? Does science back these things up? And that's why I'm sharing all this. And I'll put the references to people I'm referencing in the, in the show notes as well. So regular contact can provide a sense of hope and empowerment as women in abusive situations navigate their path to safety and healing. You need to stay in touch with them. One of the things that people who abuse their spouses do is isolation. They feeling that some people don't even know. They don't believe that they are abusers. They just, I want my family together, la, 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 la. And they are just isolating the person and doing crazy things, being jealous, being, uh, you went here. I mean, just losing their cool over things that don't make sense and creating generational trauma. So you can help, not only can you help end femicide, you can also truncate the journey of the chalice of misery from moving from this woman to her children to the next generation. 
So the fifth concept that we're going to explore under segment two, which is about empowering women and creating change as something that you gain when you keep in touch is to refer to additional support. You are able to give referrals to additional support to that person when you are in contact with them. So through regular contact, you can identify when additional support may be beneficial to her. This can include referring them to professional services, as therapists, counselors, support groups, financial planners, legal advocates, people who specialize in assisting women in domestic violence situations. If you don't Stay close. How will you know when she needs that next level of support? Staying in touch with women experiencing domestic violence or in an abusive relationship can provide vital support and reassurance. By offering emotional support, validation, safety check-ins, and confidential uh, communication, we can create a lifeline for survivors. Sharing information and resources, documenting incidents with consent, planning for safety, and building trust and empowerment are essential steps in assisting survivors on their journey towards healing. I just want to go back again to that documenting incidents with consent. Sometimes you are not going to get consent to document. But I'll suggest that if somebody is coming to you, you've created safety and they are telling you stuff, you need to write it somewhere. Even if it's just a note in your phone, just in case it comes in handy. I feel it would be very hard for, some, for me to say yes to you documenting what I'm telling you when I'm still building a relationship. But if, you, if I come with a black eye once a week and you call the cops and I deny it, it's good for you to keep a, a record. And of course, I might not want you to keep calling the cops on me because you're messing my reputation. It's a very thin line. And all I can say is that God will guide us and help us. Sometimes trying to help someone will make them push them away from, make them run away, pushing you, pushing them away from, from, from you. And then you're not able to keep in contact. Please protect that space. Leave that door open so that she, she has you when she needs you. If we can just stay in contact with these women and not abandon them to their situation, we can contribute to creating a world where women are safe, respected, and empowered. And like I always say, when we do this, mercy won't stop us. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.